Mark Santiago here, and welcome to the Empowered AF Podcast, where each episode we share powerful strategies to help you communicate, act, and lead like an empowered man. Thanks for joining me. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to the Empowered AF Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Santiago. I've got a little bit of a raspy voice. I've been on a lot of calls today and uh, I've got two that I'm gonna record today, uh, but here we are live uh, as I'm recording it. You're not live because you're not actually live with me, but that's okay. Um, I've got a special guest with me today and this is the most special guest I've ever had. Um, hopefully I'll have another special, special guest in my soon to be wife, Amy, but um, I haven't gotten her on yet. But what I did able to do was able to manage to put together was my current, oldest daughter. I don't know why I said current, but you are my oldest daughter. <laughs> I hope I never have a daughter that's older than you. That'd be kind yeah. of weird. That would be super weird. I'd be like, okay, oh, dad. <laughs> yeah, like, I, how did I get a 19-year-old? Like, that makes no sense. But I have a 16-year-old daughter, Elizabeth Santiago, who's with me. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for joining me. Thank I, you for having me. I appreciate it. Um, so here's what happened, guys. Uh, several weeks ago, we were doing our we, we try to do it weekly, sometimes it's bi-weekly, sometimes it's monthly, uh, coffee on Thursday mornings. Um, and as we were talking, as our conversations usually do, they get emotional and weepy. And because we've been through a lot and our family's been through a lot and, you know, it's a time for her to be honest with me. Um, and she had been storing up some things for a long time, a year and a half, two years, um, probably. And wanted she started sharing some of those things uh, with me and and as i processed the information i was like wow this is information that other men need to hear um i needed to own it and i needed to own my mistakes um and at the same time i felt like you know you guys that are in your separation or divorce need to hear from a child from a teenager who is experiencing the things they're experiencing what it's like for them to go through this separation so we're going to talk about some heavy topics or heavy subjects around this. So Elizabeth, my first question to you is, you know, obviously thanks for being like here and being vulnerable. Um, but what was overall, like, what was it like for you experiencing the separation and then going into the divorce? Like, what were some things that come to mind when you think about that? When I think about the whole divorce, I definitely thought or felt very scared. Um, and I never wanted to admit that, but I actually was scared because I had no control over the situation. I felt like because things weren't going as I was hoping to, like they would, you know, I was, you know, hoping things would turn out better, but it almost kind of felt like it was getting worse as days, days and days go by as like, you know, as there was fighting and as there was like um, a lot of uncertainties, I definitely felt scared because there was no control. It was just a lot of chaos. Um, I felt some rejection. Um, I think from the standpoint of, I felt rejection in a way of like, all the focus was on the divorce. The focus was on the arguments. The focus was on what needs to be done. So that way there's no more chaos. There's no more fighting. Um, so then it just left me feeling like, okay, what about me? Like, nobody cares about me. Nobody cares about what I want or what I have to say um, about any of this because we're just focused on trying to 
get the situations to calm down, get the arguments to stop, to like, you know, figure out, okay, what, what, are, we, what are we doing from here? Like, who's going to sleep in what bedroom? Like, who's going to be moving out? All those things. So like the focus is on that and rather than like, how are we doing in school? How are we doing? How are we feeling type of thing? So, so for you, yeah. what, what you felt was that as we were so focused on our own crap, um, I will try not to cuss too much with you on, uh, that, that essentially you felt left out and, and even the basics, like, how are you doing in school? You know, what, what's going on with your friends? Like, those were things that we weren't asking you because we were so focused on us. Yeah. And that had to hurt. Yeah. I mean, that, that obviously probably made you feel unimportant and as if you weren't worth the attention because all we cared about was us and not you. And when I think of home, like that's supposed to be my stability. That's supposed to be my base foundation. That's supposed to be like, if I'm having a tough time at school, like I go home and like, I want to tell you guys about it, you know, and I want to go to you guys about things going on and like supposed to be normal teenager life. But like when home is chaotic and then school is chaotic, then it's like, like, where do I go? You know, it's like, what do I do now? Because I feel so lonely and I feel like nobody's listening to me. I feel like nobody cares. Um, and yeah. And so I, I definitely did feel hurt from just like, you know, just the basics of just like, how are you doing? How's school going? Like things like that. Cause I felt like I just put a standard on myself that like, if nobody's going to ask me, I'm just going to set like set these standards for myself and I'm just going to like do these things myself, you know? Um, put these expectations on myself. So that way nobody has to worry about me. Mm. So you went from being in, I mean, obviously our home was not like perfect and we had a lot of dysfunction, but for the most part, you felt safe and secure and that, you know, you'd work it out or whatever, because you had seen this a couple of times. This wasn't our first time. And we, we got to this place where you felt so alone that you had to start taking upon yourself to really take care of yourself emotionally. And obviously physically you were able to get dressed and do things. It wasn't like we were neglecting you there and you were provided for, you had food and, and things like that and you got to school, but, but it sounds like you started creating coping mechanisms for yourself to, to help you cope. Um, what's one coping mechanism that you can think of that, you know, probably wasn't the most healthiest, and, you know, isn't like embarrassing or anything, but like something that, you know, that, that you kind of use to cope during that period of time. I guess like not in an appropriate way, but like on social media, just like post pictures of myself, like to like boost my self-esteem um, or you already know this, but I like struggled with like guys and like I would, you know, try to make myself feel better by talking to a guy. Um, you know, to also boost my self-esteem and to feel like I was heard, you know, I think that was like, I would go to them because I would actually feel like I was heard. And I'd feel like somebody was listening to me during this hard time. Um, cause I didn't have many friends. Um, so like having a boyfriend was like my other source of feeling like I got attention. So yeah, those are the two main ones I could think of. What do you think you learned about yourself during this time? I think I learned that I am capable of achieving what I put my mind to. And I learned that 
there are going to be times in life that I'm going to feel alone, but even though like, I feel like I'm alone, I'm not alone. You know, I think I learned that about myself too. It's like, I hate being alone, but at the same time, I know like in certain times I'm just going to be alone. And I just like remind myself, like there's a certain, there's a reason for every season basically. And you know, you learn and grow from every scenario. And I, I really think I learned how to be okay with sometimes being alone. And that's tough because not everyone can do that. And I, I would actually say for me, it was the same where, especially once we, once I moved out of the house and I suddenly was faced with nobody there and you guys being gone for five days or two days or three days. And it was like, just me, myself and I, and, and days of just going, I hate this, I hate this, but then eventually becoming, actually, I like this. This is kind of nice. And I started to get my healing through some of that. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit and, and talk about how I showed up for you as, as a dad. And I wasn't perfect. I know that. I know it wasn't all bad, but I definitely know there were things that I did do that hurt you. So I want to open it up and give you an opportunity to share some of the things that I did not do right, um, that I did not do well, um, and that ultimately led you to have some disdain towards me and have some some kind of hurt and 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 anger even towards me. I think it was mainly near the beginning of the divorce um, where I think just more of the problems kind of arise. I think because we're all just very emotional, and so you know when we're emotional, we sometimes act out and. You know, that's the part of us being human. I felt like one of the things that affected me the most was my, like, my mom was always mentioned. Like, we, like, it was all, like, our topics were always about her. Like, it was just a lot of hate towards her. And um, even though we both, like, have different, like, I don't have the best relationship with her and I, like, you know, separate but um I think talking about her all the time really affected me because it started to build even more of um a hate towards her like I um I felt like because there was just a lot of like negative and just everything revolved around her there was just a lot more hurt from her and so I felt like talking about her just made me uh, you know, have like a lot of mixed emotions because I didn't know what to do. I've kind of felt like I was the, um, emotional carrier. Like I felt like you're kind of in some, in some degree, not completely, but in some degree that you're kind of coming to me about your problems with her, because I was the only other person that kind of understood you, um, from a standpoint of that, uh, we have different relationships with her, but, you know, don't have the best ones so I think like because I understood you you kind of came to me and you you just kind of like put that like put that on me you know so I think that was near the beginning uh is where it was really at but I think that affected me the most um so let me let me address that so in just so anybody that's listening um can understand fully here is that in the beginning especially I would go to Elizabeth and basically talk shit about her mom and not even realizing I was doing it a lot of the time. There were some times where I'd catch myself, but most of the time I had no idea how negative I was. And 
the things that I was saying was then putting it into her, into my daughter. And guys, if you're listening to that right now and you're, and you're hearing her story, I want you to pay attention to the level of hurt that she's, that she has. And also, you know, her and I, our relationship has always been pretty good. And, and this was a, this was a, a, a separation for us where she no longer could trust me to some degree. And I'll probably, I'll have her explain what, what that looks like, but but I want you to really understand the impact that your words right now are having on your children and how you speak negatively about your wife. When you're hitting the mother effing she button all the time, you are constantly putting that negative energy out into the world and you're putting it into your children's hearts. And in Elizabeth's case, what that did was it caused her to have already having some hurt. I was dropping more seeds on top of that pain and it was growing up this nasty, uh, hurtful forest of just garbage towards her mom that didn't even need to be there. And so essentially I manipulated her and didn't even know I was manipulating her. And I have to own that. And I've, I've owned that with her and I'll own it publicly that I did that. And that was wrong and that was not okay. And that made her feel um, all kinds of things. So let's talk about what she felt when I did that. Yeah. Um, like we already mentioned, like I just didn't have a good relationship, but I, I think it just kind of added on top of that. Um, but like, how did you feel towards me? I, I felt I was, I was mad at you because I felt like if you're, if you're the man of the house, like you should be like humble about what happened. You know, you like, you should keep the problems you have with, you know, your ex-wife private and, and like go to a therapist, go like someone that is of your age or like someone that is professionally capable of taking care of this, um, and talk to them about it. Um, I felt like I couldn't respect you in some degree because I was like, you know, if you're talking about her so much, you know, like what, what does that say about you? Because like, if you're, if you're hurt by someone and then you're, and you're taking it out on someone that didn't do anything to you, like, like, I feel like I can't respect you if you're, if you're doing that, because like, what if, you know, I'm not saying you would, but like, what if like, these were my thoughts of like, what if you were to do that? Like, if I hurt you, you did that, you go and tell someone else, you know? Um, and I was kind of like, worried about that. I was like, if I did something wrong, what if he goes and talks bad about me type of thing? Um, so you lost trust, you lost respect for me because yeah. I couldn't keep my mouth shut. And it sounds like I needed empowered man at that point to, to have other men around me that I could share my pain with and not just share my pain with, but grow through it instead of just dumping and venting guys if you're listening this is why we say venting won't get you anywhere because venting is just releasing the steam releasing the energy in the wrong place cognitive behavioral therapy or cognitive uh therapy has its place it cbt is a good thing but it's not always the best for you um in this case what i needed was to learn how to deal with those emotions and not just talk about my emotions. And in, and in this case, what I did was I got into the habit of talking about it with a 16 year old or at that time, 13 or 14 year old who didn't have the, 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 the skill set and, and wasn't in the place that was supposed to deal with that. So I own that. That is something that I did not do um, right. And, and I didn't show up in my most healthiest way. So I'm sorry that I did that. Okay. 
Um, let's talk about some things that I did do right. There's got to be at least one thing. Of course. I mean, and especially I, I would assume it's more when we moved out into, you know, a new house and stuff. So let's talk about some of that. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, we could definitely say like, you know, when it first happened, it was a little bit more harder and on edge. But I think um, as time moved on, I definitely felt like you were trying, like you were trying to um, be there for us uh, in meaning of like, you know, you wanted to do like, um, like we would sometimes try to do games or like I remember you would try to play video games with David. Um, you try and help, you know, we would split the task of taking care of Rachel. Like um, you give her a bath and then I put her to bed. Um, we would sometimes walk to the park. We would try to go out, go out to eat. Um, <laughs> Our favorite really pastime. Oh yeah. When we didn't have a car, we would walk to the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but those are the memories that I think I I would remember. Um, and that, like, you know, after you started moving on from the hurt is like you wanted to show that you care about us. And I think like you're intentional about showing me that you cared um, and like trying to talk with me, like, you know, uh, like my love language is quality time. So like you spending quality time with me, like we would go to the store and like we would, we would talk while we were going grocery shopping. Um, Teach you how to drive. Yeah, teach me, how to, <laughs> teach me how to drive. You were so scared, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you almost drove into my uh, into the front to the front. Door. Oh, I remember. That. <laughs> I wouldn't stop. And you're like, stop, 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 stop. She was getting yeah. used to the brake the the brake uh, button. I want to say button, but it's not a button. She's getting used to the brake, and she. Yeah. I think you took your foot off the brake and put it on the accelerator when we were pulling into the into our house yeah it's like because our garage goes to to an angle and she yeah. like kept going forward and i thought she literally was going to go straight through the door scared the shit out of me oh good days good days but yeah like i remember that um and i think i just remember you still being encouraging and um you know as a single dad at the time like it you know, I admired that you, you know, still tried your best to, you know, separate work from home as much as you could, you know, to a certain degree. I think you tried your best to be like, okay, like, let's go do something together or like making sure David did his homework. Rachel was good. You know, I have plenty of videos of like, you'd make chicken nuggets for Rachel and you'd like sing and dance with her and, and then you like, Give her the ketchup and stuff. Um, Guys, if you're listening as a single dad, chicken nuggets is the savior of all single dads because those kids will eat it every single night and they don't care. And all you just do a little bit of ketchup, put it in the microwave, uh, even though we're not allowed to use microwaves these days in my life. Um, But, you know, that's 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 how it operates. So chicken nuggets for the win. Oh, yeah. Well, good. I mean, I'm you know, and this is the thing, too. I think a lot of guys facing this right now you know, they're mostly in the early stages and they're thinking, man, this is going to be horrible. This is going to be the worst thing ever. And it sounds like, you know, we've kind of come out of that. Well, I know we have, we've come out of that. And, you know, as I'm getting ready to be married, by the time this episode airs, I might actually be married. I'm not sure. Uh, But, you know, getting married again and uh, moving into a whole new family dynamic and all those things. So with the guys that are facing it now, um, the dads that are facing this separation divorce, what would you tell them about how they should show up for their children and how they can 
be the best version of themselves for their kids? Like, what would you want from them? Yeah, I, I would definitely say, so like, if you have girls, um, you know, obviously every girl is going to be different, but I definitely think like words of encouragement are like the hugest things that a girl wants to hear ever, especially from their dad. I think, um, it being their number one supporter is what they want and they want to um, feel like they can go to their dad and talk to them about things. You know, I think um, I have a lot of friends that actually feel like they can't talk to their dad because their dad, you know, um, can like be defensive or think like, oh, that's weird or like, you know, whatever you might say that's like so girly, you know, um, they're just like, no, like that's let's not talk about that. Talk to your mom about that. But like if you're a single dad, like, you know, like and you want to have that relationship with a, a girl like like your your girl daughter like you gotta be open to like they're gonna talk about sometimes like funny weird things that like guys don't usually talk about but that's just how girls are you know where and and if we feel like we're being heard like i think also being attentive like not being on your phone when some like they're talking to you it's like a huge thing because they'll notice that like we're really good at observing like if you're actually paying attention to us or not and then for like, if you have a son, um, I think being intentional, intentional about like spending time with something that they like to do. Like if you have a son that loves to like color or, or draw or do things like that, like ask like, hey, like, um, do you want to draw or, or do you want to do something like that's artsy or, or something, you know, like and just give them like 30 minutes, like set a timer, put your phone away and like um just do that with them because they they will remember that like we always remember the good things the most you know i can remember most of the time out of the divorce like that was the most things i remember it was like my dad spending time with me the most you know i remember those good things the most out of anything um and then like if or if you have a son that loves to play video games play video games with them if they love to be outside go play sports with them things like that and just like you know you only have so much time until they're older, you know, and then once, once they move out, they're, they're out, you know, you can't give back that time with them. And so I think, you know, your, your phone can, can only get you so, so, so far. And it, your kids are the most like precious gift ever, and they will remember everything you do for them. Mm. Hopefully you guys are hearing that it's, it's always convicting. Um, but essentially what she's saying is that you know, we need to be attentive. We need to be present. Presence is everything. Uh, I did a podcast a couple of weeks ago about the power of presence. Go back and listen to that. Um, the idea that wherever you are, you need to be. Um, I am, I am definitely, uh, that is a struggle of mine. Um, but the more I do it, the more I enjoy it, the more I recognize this is what life is. Life is being present. Um, and so thank you for, for sharing that. The last question I have um, is is really around what you would tell other kids. You know, I know that this is this is a you know uh, this is not a family show. This is this is for men who are uh, blue and white collar and 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 like to say the f word occasionally. Uh, and and so that that's who listens to this show. But if you had advice for their kids that maybe they could pass on, or that maybe they'll just let them listen to this one. This has been a pretty <laughs> rated one. I might not even get the explicit rating on this one like I normally do. Uh, what would you tell their kids as they're as they're going through this? I would tell them that as much as it can be hard to see in the moment, like if, if there's 
newly going through a divorce, like if they're seeing their parents newly go through a divorce, it's going to be hard. It's not easy. If, if it's possible, I would say try your best to, to communicate to your parents. Um, uh, or like if you have a good relationship, hopefully that that you want that attention, that you want time with them. You know, if if you're if you're wanting more quality time with them or if you're just wanting more like, you know, hugs from them, things like that, like be open and communicate with them with with that to them because they're not going to know because sadly they're just really focused on what's going on in front of them and that's just pure chaos so if they're taking a step back and just like oh whoa like i have kids i, I gotta pay attention to them for just a second like and they see that you're really hurting that you want them to like spend time with you like just making that clear to them you know um and i would hope in regards that they would you know listen to you and and want to do that for you because like you know I'm pretty sure that most of your parents like care about you and they want the best for you. Um, and so just being open and communicate and that remembering that you're not alone. You know, a lot of people say that, but it it's always there's always going to be positive out of the negative. And even though that was a really, really crappy time in my life, like I'm we are in a way, way better situation than I've ever been in. And it all started from a negative time in my life to now a very positive time. Like it, it all, it's going to get better. It, it always will. So, yeah. Yeah. I echo that. Um, you know, I, I'm not a fan of divorce and I don't ever tell people to go get a divorce in my situation ended up being the best decision I could have ever made and hard to say that hard to swallow it, but it's the truth. So Elizabeth, thank you for joining me today on empowered AF very very special edition uh like i said probably the cleanest edition we've ever done yeah. and, um but it was good i think your wisdom speaks loud um i'm blessed guys if you're listening i don't know how i got an incredible daughter like this but i did and um i'm super blessed to have that um guys you know this this is serious the stuff we do how we show up how we are in the moment how we talk about how we hit the she button all the time all that stuff is affecting your kids. So I'm going to encourage you right now to stop doing that. I'm going to encourage you to start looking at yourself, start owning your own stuff, start getting into, you know, thrive, getting into our 30 day challenge, get in somewhere with other men who are going to pull you out of the miry clay and put you in a place where you get cleaned off, get all this stuff off of you so that you can move forward in life, because this is not the end of your life. It may be the end of a chapter, but it's not the end of your life and you don't have to stay stuck there. So I'm encouraging you to do that. If you want to jump in our thrive program, empoweredman.co slash application empoweredman.co slash application we'll get you on a call with one of our enrollment advisors to help you decide what is the best path forward for your decision we call it the optimal path forward go choose that we'll see you on the next side hey this is mark santiago ceo and founder of empowered man i want to thank you for listening to today's podcast however before you go i want to give you a special invitation now listen we've got a program that is designed specifically for men who are hurting right now who are on the verge potentially of divorce who are facing potential separation or already separated and they don't know what to do they don't know where to turn they're dealing with anxiety they're dealing with cheating they're dealing with all kinds of shit. if that's you i want to challenge you to take the empowered man 30-day challenge that's right the empowered man 30-day challenge you can go to emchallenge.com right now and sign up for the 30-day challenge 
Here's why I think you should do that. If you're hurting, you need to understand why you're hurting. You need to understand what is actually going on. In week one of the challenge, we are gonna actually rip off that Band-Aid a little bit and coach you through that process. And then we continue to do that process all the way to the point where you start to make decisions that are empowered instead of disempowered. I don't know about you, but I would much, much, much rather make decisions from a place of strength than a place of weakness. So if you're facing decisions, if you're facing this anxiety, what do I do? How do I respond? When my wife is being toxic, I don't know what to do. My wife is cheating on me. I don't know what to do. My wife doesn't love me. I don't know what to do. We are going to help you find those answers within. Now look, this 30 day challenge is probably unlike any other you've been a part of. Why? Because not only do we have daily assignments happening in the program every single day, but you also get live group coaching calls. I said live group coaching calls with myself and my lead coach. That's right, I am a part of this. It's not just some other people doing it. I am there live with you every single week call that we are on. Third part of that is you're gonna have a community of other guys that are going through exactly what you are going through. And the best part of this, this isn't even a fraction of the price we could charge for it. In fact, at some point we may raise the price, but right now it is at a bargain. So go to emchallenge.com, emchallenge.com to take the Empowered Man 30 Day Challenge, and I will see you on the inside.